That was an awesome, awesome job. Thank you, uh, worship team, Vanessa and the, and the team. Um, good morning, everybody. How, how are you this morning? Are you well? Are you uh, awake and alert? It's good to see. Great to have you here. Um, I love what Vanessa shared uh, about, you know, sharing the love of God with people in our community. And uh, I didn't do this in the first uh, service, but I just want to share a quick testimony. Uh, I've just started as a, um, in the jail uh, recent months doing uh, chaplaincy work. Great to have Joel back for a visit here. How are you, Joel? And, uh, and um, yeah, I've just started chaplaincy. And for a couple of weeks there, it was on my heart just praying, Lord, I'll just pray for one soul. Just, he just put on my heart once, just pray, just pray for one soul. And I just prayed, God, just give me one soul in, in that prison. I, I want to see one soul come to you. It's just a, oh, on my heart, just this one person. I believe for more, but just in this couple of weeks leading up. And Norella and, and I prayed about it. And then Pastor Rob, we, uh, Pastor Rob did a, a sermon where he said, you know, come up the front if you want to be more effective uh, in your witnessing and, and seeing people come to Christ. And I went up and pr- he prayed for me. That very, sun, uh, that very Thursday, I went, I went into the prison and I was talking to this guy. I've caught, caught up with him a couple of times. Massive guy, like huge. You wouldn't mess with him. Uh, covered in tats. He, he, he would, no way. He was a big fella. And he goes, you know what? I just can't do this life. I'm just, I, 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 don't, I don't have the strength. I want to change. I can't, I can't change. And we got into a conversation and, uh, and, and he was talking, I was saying, you know, Jesus is your only hope. He's your only way. He's your only strength. You, you need to give your life to him and, and your life will change. Your situations will change. And I said, you know, just ask him to forgive you. And, and, so, and he said, oh, I'll do that. maybe I'll do that tonight in, in my cell. And I said, do you want to do it now? And he said, yeah, 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 I do actually. Can, can we go somewhere a p- bit more private? So we just went up, out the way a bit. And I said the sinner's prayer together with this guy. And you know what? I, I've seen him again since. I said, how are you going? And he said, you know what? After I've prayed that prayer, something's changed. Something's different in my heart. So yeah, praise God for that. That's awesome. And you know what? That, that's what it's all about. And, you know, and so pray for the jail. Jesus died for... The worst of the worst. He's, he's not interested in what, what we've done. He, he died for you and me as much as those guys in there. So, yeah, pray for that. Pray for more people to come to God and pray for that fellow that he'll continue in his, in his walk. So, uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. And this verse, this verse is, um, it's an amazing verse. Like the Bible is incredible in its power, in what it holds, in, the, in all of the, of, of the totality of the Bible. And so this is just two sentences out of the whole book. And if we lay hold of this, it can transform our life. Two sentences can transform our life. It's unbelievable. And the other, the other thing I like about this, the, the scriptures, or it's, it's sometimes it's sort of uncomfortable in a way, but the scriptures are often impossible. Like this verse, you'd say, it's not hard or easy. It's either impossible or possible. This verse, what we're living out this verse. 
And you know what? It's impossible in the natural, but it's possible in God. And so this verse is James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow, that's, that's incredible. This verse, I remember uh, when I first became a Christian, this verse, or not long after I should say, this verse jumped off the page at me. It, it, it kind of literally jumped off at me. It was one of the first times that I recognized God directly speaking to me in a, in a very clear way. And it was this verse here. And, um, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, that this would be the first verse that he tells you. It's like, hey, get ready <laughs> to count it all joy. So I'm not, this isn't talking about natural happiness based on circumstances or situations. So natu- anyone can have natural happiness. Life's going good. Uh, all your ducks are in a row. I'm happy. Life's bad. Uh, the ducks are going everywhere. <laughs> I'm sad. You know, it's, it's beyond that. It's supernatural. So it supersedes natural circumstances and it saturates our life even when we're grieving, even when things are difficult. We can still have this joy. And so this joy, we can have it when it's easy and we can have it in trial. We can have it 24-7 in our life. So if I asked you, would you want joy 24-7 in your life? I don't think anyone would say, no, thanks. I think you'd all be on board. And so the Bible tells us how that is possible. And what it's, it's, it's very important here when, when James, uh, if you just go to the next slide there, Shell, it's, um, he says, he doesn't say it is joy when you face trials or trials are joy. He says, consider it. Consider it pure joy. A trial is a difficult thing. It, it, it hurts. It makes us uncomfortable. It's, it causes stress or whatever in our life. It's not a fun thing. But he's saying consider it pure joy when you face trials. And, and it, the word consider means to reckon or to account or to have a governed thought process and thought pattern in the midst of what, what's happening. And so the, jo- the uh, joy it's talking about is not, um, it's not from the trial itself, but from the Holy Spirit and by understanding what it produces. And so you think about a, a caterpillar, right? A caterpillar, fat, pudgy creature that just spends its, all its life probably on one bush, just going around munching on leaves, it's 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 got a it's got a life and sure it's 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 okay it gets to it's veg, vegetarian life and it, and it just plods around and just just eats and eats and eats, but then it gets to this point when it's got to go through metamorphosis, and so it enters this cocoon, and it, and and the, as the caterpillar enters this cocoon, I'm sure if you could talk to the caterpillar, it wouldn't be too happy with this situation. He's all bound up, he's constricted. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's bound up in this cocoon and, it, and it's dark and it's like, it, it's uncomfortable. His, his body's doing all this weird stuff. It's, you know, thing, it's all changing and it, it's constricting 
And then he has to get out of this cocoon. He has to break this cocoon and push out. And then when he's out, he's all weak. His wings are all folded up. He can't fly. He's vulnerable. But then his wings start to expand and harden. And then this caterpillar gets to fly. It gets to fly. And it's like his his world is transformed. He's like, cool, I can fly to any bush I want. I can... He's got a new diet, he's got nectar, he's better than leaves. He can fly to any tree he wants, any bush, he's free. And, and you know what? If he got stuck in that place, don't get stuck in the cocoon. Don't get stuck in how constricting and how hard or dark the cocoon is. Think beyond that and think, what's coming on the other side of this? God's doing something in my life. He's going to give me wings and I'm going to be able to fly to places I've never been before. I'm going to be doing new things and, and, and life is going to be different for me because I've been transformed through this, this process. And, when he, and so in this verse, he talks about many kinds of trials, trials of many kinds. Now, trials can take all sorts of shapes and forms. They can be small, you, you stub your toe, you, you know, the... The baby's crying, not that I've had a baby, but, you know, I'm sure that's a bit of a trial if the baby's crying or, or you know, it's, um, it's a bad day outside, you were going to go play golf and it's wet and raining so you can't do that. The, you know, tra- small trials, but then we've got difficult, tra- hard trials. They're, they're, they're all difficult, but the, the heavy trials, you know, you've been diagnosed with a, a terminal illness. Your relationship with your husband or wife is, is, is under serious strain. You've lost your job. You know, they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and also lengths of time. And in another version of the Bible, it talks about falling into these trials. It says when you, when you count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And my experience and probably yours is you often don't see a trial coming. It just gets you out of nowhere. You just fall, you're just walking along, suddenly you just fall into this trial. And it's like, where did that come from? But, it's, but God is saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. They're unavoidable. We will have them. And often we'll walk into them unexpectedly and without prior warning. And so I can guarantee that every person in this room right now has some sort of trial going on in their life. 100%, whether it's small or whether it's big or whether it's medium, we've all got trials. But God wants us to, um, to uh, be bigger than our trials. He, he wants us to be able to deal with them in, in a way that's, that's good for us and good for others. And so, but if we don't com- embrace this truth of what the Word of God says, then we'll end up complaining in our trials. We'll end up uh, having self-pity or anger, or resentment, because our mind hasn't been renewed, we don't understand what's happening, and, and we, just, we just get angry, and resentful, and, and, and maybe uh, vengeful, or, or whatever, towards someone that may have done something to us. And so, but this, that sort of thing should, no, it shouldn't be, we pray everyone comes to Christ, but that is the portion of someone that doesn't have God in their life doesn't have the supernatural power of God available to them and the word of God available to them. Sure, that would be understandable, but for us as believers in here today, we have a different realm we can live in. The word of God can supersede that and the power of God can supersede what 
is natural. In Philippians 2, 14, 16, it says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. So this change in attitude helps us to shine. As as we're holding out the word of life, our different attitude makes us distinctive. Uh, How we've been transformed makes us distinctive and it makes the word of God more, it holds more power when we can walk in something beyond what the person around us that doesn't know Jesus has. It's part of the testimony of, of sharing the gospel. Wow, this person is different when they're facing these situations than I am. And, and, and part of that, of taking this into our life, is, is knowing, uh, knowing what trials achieve and, and desiring what, what is achieved. Uh, because you know, Canada Joy, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know. So in Romans 12, 2b, it says, Be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes. So if we know what the trial achieves, makes us more like Jesus, we know that deep in our heart, in our mind, and we desire that. We want to become more like Jesus. If we desire that and know that, then that will help us to have joy in the process. Because we know those two things. We know, okay, this is hard. This is difficult. I don't necessarily like it in my natural self. But I know that this process is making me more like Jesus. And I want that. And so therefore, I can find a joy in this. In, this, in what's happening to me. Because of those two facts. And, this, and, it's a, and so it's a testing of our faith. It goes on to say, because you know that this testing process is going to refine you like gold. In 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9, it talks about our salvation, our, uh, you know, our living hope that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that we have a salvation to come in the last time. And it says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls." So there's this simultaneous grief, but this underlying joy that supersedes it because we are receiving the end of our faith, the salvation of our soul. And what Peter is talking about is not just salvation from hell into heaven, not just a salvation from an eternity distant from God and with, with God in the joys, complete joys of heaven, but he's talking about our salvation, an accompanying salvation of our soul in this life, out of sin, out of impurity, out of lack, and into completeness and maturity in him. It's, it's, there's a dual meaning there. And so as Christians, 
as Christians, our faith and who we are goes hand in hand. We grow as born-again Christians as our faith grows and develops. The more our faith grows and develops, the more complete we become in God. But as it says in this verse, this faith has to be tested or refined like gold. And so you would know the refining process of gold, it, it gets put into a fire. It gets heated and heated to extreme temperatures in order to get the impurities to come out, to come to the surface and burn off the material. And what is left is a pure gold, a pure gold without the impurities, without the stuff in it that, that weakens it and makes it less valuable. And so our faith is tried, tested like gold in the fire until it becomes more and more pure and it takes time. But as we stay in the, as we go through these fiery trials, it purifies our faith. And so as the longer it goes on, the more pure our faith becomes, the more strong our faith becomes, the more we're able to deal with things in faith and according to the word of God and in his strength and in his power. And so be encouraged um, about that today. In, in, uh, think of Job, it says in James 5, 10 to 11, take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything and never once quit, all the time honouring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power and you know how God brought it all together for him in the end. That's because God's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. So this refining process, it does take time, but if you look to the end of it, if you can see past it and not get bogged down in it and just consumed by it, then you're coming out the other side. God is going to bless you the same way he blessed Job, in a double way, and you'll be transformed. Job himself, you'll see it before this difficulty and then after. He's a changed man. Something has happened in his heart and, and that's going to happen to us too. Guaranteed, Jesus uh, will complete what he's begun in our lives. But Job persevered. In, in other versions it said you've heard of Job's perseverance and this perseverance is key uh, to this verse. Perseverance is one of the most powerful things we can have as a Christian. it's borderline one of the most important things. Sometimes I think it is the most important, but I won't say that. I mean, love and those sort of things are, but this characteristic, if you can have perseverance, then you will complete your walk with God. You will get to heaven. You'll go through the trials. You'll be transformed if, if you stay in there, if you stick with it. Sometimes it's just as simple as I'm gonna see this through to the end. I'm just clinging to God even in the times when it's like a storm outside and I'm hanging on to the boat for grim death, I'm still going to hang on. I refuse to let go. No matter how bad, no matter what situations happen in my life, I will just, I'm just going to persevere. And I pray that God puts that into your heart if you don't have that today, that perseverance, because it's so sad to see people uh, get sidetracked by these trials and difficulties and the devil comes in and, and it, he knows it's a means to wreck people's faith. There's other verses in the Bible that talk about that. Paul going to churches and saying, I wanted to check how your faith was because you've gone through these trials and I didn't want Satan to tempt you and to get you off track. 
He said, I wanted you to be strong and encourage you in these and know that there's a better plan coming through and you'll get through this and God's going to do uh, incredible things, greater things in your life. And so there's the, the story of the parable of the seed uh, that you've more than likely read. Uh, it's in Luke 8, chapter 8, 11 to 15. It talks about the seed and the word of God and it um, gets thrown on, on, uh, on the hard soil gets thrown into rocky soil, gets thrown into th- uh, weedy soil, and, and then it gets thrown, uh, it says, into, into good soil. And it said, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So the first three give up. They, they don't get through to this producing of the crop the producing of, of the fruit in their life. They don't get through to that. But, it, but that key verse, by persevering, produce a crop. I mean, I'm not a farmer, but I, but I know that farmers don't just drive out in the paddock and just chuck the seed around just on the ground as it is and then go back, watch Netflix for six months or three months or whatever, and just come back and there's this shimmering uh, field of wheat there. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. They have to persevere. They have to go out there and they get their tractor, plough it up. They have, to sow, they have to get rid of the rocks. They have to p- put the seed in. They have to spray for the weeds that are going to pop up all the time. And so there's a process where they have to persevere through to see this fruit produced, see this crop produced. Um, but we will produce if we persevere. Um, it's not that this, this noble and good-hearted person just happened to be, have this heart that was just, it was, it was just soft, it was just supple, it was rock-free, no weeds would ever grow in it, the seed just falls in it and it just grows this beautiful crop just without doing anything. It's not, that's not, the, the noble and good-hearted person is the one that perseveres. The one that says, right, God has planted this in me and I'm going to see this through until uh, the crop is produced. I'm going to trust in God until I see uh, the crop produced. And so perseverance takes us through step by step into the complete completion of Jesus' character. And so that's where God wants us to get to, mature, to being mature and complete. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, and reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I no longer used childish ways. And so as a child, once you become an adult, you don't want to go back to being a child. Like, who would want to do that? You've experienced that, you've been through that, you've moved on. You you don't want to go back to it. And as in the natural, we, we grow from babies to children you know, we're thinking like children, we're acting like children, we're, we're crying like children, we're needy like children, but then it gets to a point where we have to grow up. We have to mature in the natural, and the same with our faith. It's abnormal if we stay babies, like babies or childish in our faith and don't grow into the maturity uh, that God wants for us in our faith. It's abnormal. I remember in the uh, Philippines, uh, when I was there once, I was in a hospital and I saw the weirdest thing. 
that is stuck in my mind. I can still see the image as clear as day right now. This, this child, I suppose, that was, it, was, it was big. It was bigger than that, probably that, that times a half. And it had a nappy on and it was crying like a baby. And the mother was, had this, given it this bottle of milk. And I was like, this is surreal. What? Like, it was so odd and abnormal. Now, maybe that child had some, some problem with it, but it just made me think, this is so abnormal. Imagine if we walked in here with nappies on this morning and had our little bottles of milk with us and, and were crying. It would just be, like, surreal. It would be odd. It's not normal. And it's not normal for us to stay uh, as babies. And, and it says... Uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. But brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not, you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready yet, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And so the mark uh, of maturity in all of our lives is when we operate in the spirit and walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. We start walking more and more in the spirit and not in the flesh. And the Bible clearly outlines what is of the flesh and what is of the spirit. And so if you can see that, if you read your Bible and you see something that you know that's not right, that attitude's not right, how I deal with that's not right, that activity's not right, then God wants you to grow out of that and into maturity, into conformity to what his word says in, in that situation. And so trials are a process that God uses to, to do that work. And so if that's needed, then we have to, in a sense, embrace it because we can't avoid it. There's no other way uh, around it. We have to go through them. Um, it, it's, it's just sure that we have to. There's no other way around it. We will face them. Uh, as sure as sparks fly upward, we will face trials in life. And so if we come to the understanding about this verse, then it will help us dramatically in our walk with God and make us more fruitful. And so it goes on to say, after this, mature, you know, this maturing and com- uh, complete process, you get, it got, Jesus wants us to get to the point where we're not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. You think about that word, and I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when a situation will come my way and there'll be a lack in, my, in me to be able to deal with it or there'll be a lack. I'll know that I don't have the resources to deal with that correctly. I don't, I can't, um, yeah, I, 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 there's a lack in me, a lack of power or a lack of capacity or a lack of ability to deal right with this situation as Jesus would deal with it. And I don't want that in my life. I want that lack gone, and I'm sure you do as well, because that lack, that lack isn't good for us. It, it's, it's not fun to have that lack in our life. And so Jesus wants to um, get that out of our lives so that we are mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so do you lack something in your character? Are you weak and timid? Are you easily angered and annoyed? Are you impatient? Are you proud and self-righteous? We can't deal, live life like Jesus and deal with a situation well as Jesus, if we can't, as, de, uh, as Jesus would deal with it, then we have lack in us. 
and he doesn't want that in us. And so don't be satisfied with a job half done. Let's see it through to completion. Uh, as the welcome team uh, come up, I'll get you uh, all to stand this morning. And, and so this, this process that God wants to take us through, it's good for us. It might be difficult. It might, be, um, it might not be fun. But it's something that we have to go through and, and, and it's going to bring good in our lives and it's, and it's going to cause us to become more fruitful. So I mentioned earlier that in these trials, there's two things that we need to know. We need to know what the trial is achieving and desiring what the trial achieves. So do you desire to be like Jesus? Do you know? I hope this morning it's helped you know what trials are for, what their purpose is, what they're going to achieve in your life. And do you desire to be like Jesus? So we're going to, why don't you close your eyes? We're going to pray. And, and I'm going to ask, if you're in one of these two categories, in that when di- trials and difficulties come, you struggle to find any joy in them. It's just, it's just hard and it's just horrible and you just don't like it and, and, and you're not finding that joy. Um, you know, it's, this, this, it's taken 20, 20 years of, of my Christian walk to start to get a hold of this truth and start to embrace it and start to understand it. But if that's you today, we're going to pray in a sec for you. And, and the other group is those that you would say, you know what, I've stopped halfway. I, 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 don't, I don't really, I've lost that desire to become like Jesus. I've lost that desire for Him to complete the work in my life and bring it through to completion. So if you're in either of those two groups, we're going to pray for you right now. Just um, just acknowledge to God, even in your heart, put your hands out in front of you, whatever you are comfortable to do, and He's going to meet with you right now. So Jesus, we pray. Thank you for these people. God are responding, Lord, to your word, responding God, to your truth of your word. Lord, they desire God to become like you. Lord, they want that desire stirred in their hearts. They want that fight to see through to the end, to become like you, to run the race with perseverance and not give up. God, we thank you that you're planting in these people right now, Lord, a determination and a desire to become like you. Father, we pray those that have struggled, struggle in trials to get the joy out of them, to see the joy, to lay hold of that. God, I pray that from this very morning on, Lord, you'd cement this word so deep in their heart, God, that as they face difficulties and trials going forward, you would bring this word to remembrance in their mind and they would find joy, 24-7 joy throughout their life, no matter what may be happening in their lives. We just thank you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And now this morning, before we finish, uh, we're going to finish in a sec. We're going to go through a song uh, in a sec. But if you don't know Jesus today, then it, it's, it's so critical that you do. It's so critical. Of all the decisions you might make in your life, this is the key one. It's the ultimate one. You have to know Jesus. You have to be forgiven of your sin. You have to know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven. You have to know that you know that He's forgiven you, that you're set free, that you're a child of God. 
Yeah, yeah you, you need to do that. I implore you. I, I compel you to do that with all my heart. And so we're going to have a, a prayer up on the screen. Because you know what? Without Jesus, you, you won't experience the, the joys of heaven. And you won't experience the joy that could be had in your trials that you could have. A trial will just be a, a horrible situation that has no benefit to you and achieves nothing. And so if you're in that in this place today and you know what you know I've seen, you know, I've sinned, you acknowledge I've sinned. I haven't done right in my life completely and utterly in every situation. I've done what God didn't want me to do. I know that. Well you need to be forgiven. God God can't just sweep stuff under the carpet. He's a God of justice. Someone has to pay the penalty. Either you pay or Jesus pays. And you know what? I want Jesus to pay for me because I don't have the funds to deal with that debt. And you know what? You need Jesus to pay for you as well. You need him to cover that debt for you. Otherwise, you pay it for yourself and you don't want to be in that situation. So anyway, while we, while we uh, uh, are here this morning, I encourage you to, if you haven't prayed this, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, everyone pray it together. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you sincerely prayed that prayer today, why don't you come up and see me? See Claire, see Pastor Josh, uh, see any of the team and, and tell us what you've done because there's a process to go through and a plan. God will complete the work, but know that you know, he's going to complete the work and be ready for that and be open to that and, and, and lay hold of the joy that he has for your life. So we're going to sing through a song again before we close. God bless you, church. I pray that this word uh, has gone deep in your heart and really blesses you going through forward, even for the rest of your life. I pray that you lay hold of these two sentences in the word of God and they help to transform your life. So God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.